Okay. <laughs> Hi, my name is Janae Valdez, and this is episode eight of my podcast. And I actually have a really good friend named Jazz here today. Um, and we're going to be talking about the spoken poem by Amiri Baraka called Why Is We Americans? And this is like a small clip of the poem. Obviously can't play the whole thing, but you guys get the idea. Us and anyone else in the black belt hurt by slavery for all the native peoples, even them poor white people you show all the time is funny. All them Abners and Daisy Mays, them Beverly Hillbillies who never got to know Beverly Hills, who never got to Harvard on their grandfather's wills. We want reparations for them right on for the Mexicans whose land you stole for all of North Mexico. You call it Texas, Arizona, California, New Mexico, Colorado, all that, all that, all that, all that. All that. All that you got to give up. Autonomy and reparation to the Chicanos and the Native Americans whose soul you ripped out with their land. Give self-determination, regional autonomy. That's what my we is asking. And they're going to do the same when they demand it like us again in their own exploited name. Yeah, the education, that's right. 200 years. We want a central stash, a central bank with democratically elected trustees and a board elected by us all to map out from the referendum we set up what we want to spend it on to build that Malcolm sense self-determination as self-reliance and self-respect and self-defense, the will of what the good Dr. Du Bois beat on, true self-consciousness, simply the psychology of freedom, Bodita. Okay, so Jeff, my question for you is, because you and I are very different. Although we are both black Americans, you're a black man in America. I don't understand fully what you go through on a day-to-day basis, even though I'm a black woman. So as a black man growing up in America, what does it mean to you to be a black man in America? Oh, okay. Um, that's a loaded question, but mm-hmm. uh, it's hard. Honestly, it's basically, first of all, I just want to say it's basically, I feel like it's a crime. Black men in America nowadays. Because even the littlest things I can't do as a one of my fellow counterparts of a other race. Just every, the way I walk, talk, to breathe, I can't do right. It was hard growing up, um, just being black. You know, it was hard because some things I had to go through. You know, not having a two-parent household like most people, having or your parents being split up like myself, and not having both parents there with you. It was um, it was difficult, but you know, I, I did what I can do. Um, but just growing up, being black was, was hard because a lot of people suspect you or not suspect you, but make you, they, uh, they suspect you to be a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, my mom raised me completely different. Like my mom's side of family is full of gangbangers and just felons. Like everybody been in jail on my mom's side of family. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom took a, took me and my older brothers away from that, so we don't act like that. And um, most people think, oh, Jazz, you gotta act like this and this. 
But when I don't act like that, they're like, oh, you're white. Mm. And and it's, it's weird because for me to act a certain way is not being my race, I guess. But that was an, a thing hearing having my culture stolen, this, that, and for Like, I noticed everybody wants to be black, but nobody wants to be black, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, everybody wants to say the N-word or do this and this and just be, be you know, a black person. But when it comes down to it, you you don't want to be in them handcuffs and be like, why are you doing this? What are you doing? You know, just things we go through and nobody wants to do that they just want all the good side they don't want the negative stuff towards them and i saw that at an early age i saw it more in high school than anything else it was it was it was crazy so okay for those who don't know me and jaws went to the same high school was it like junior year and senior year that you came to agafria yes okay yes so i know for me I, you know, born and raised in Arizona, lived in the same house basically my entire life. And the schools that I went to were mainly white. I was typically always the only black kid in the class. So I can only speak from my experiences with regarding our high school. When when I got to Agafria, it was very much a melting pot and something that I never experienced. But Another thing that I thought was strange at Agafria, I was suddenly, how do I say this? Okay, I was suddenly exotic because my last name is Valdez. Um, even you, Jazz, you asked me, you were like, what are you mixed with when you found out my last name? And I, I don't think you meant anything negative by it, by it by any means, but in my past, I've, you know, dated guys and one of the first things they asked me is which one of my my parents is white or what am I mixed with? And I feel like in America, if you are black, you are deemed as unfit. Um, But if you're black and mixed with something, you're like, ooh, you're a hot commodity. Everyone is interested in you, wants to know, you know, everything about you as long as it pertains to, you know, the part of you that isn't black. I, I never get asked, like, which one of your parents is black? It's always, which one of your parents is white? Or you have to be mixed with something else. I've had I've had coworkers ask me what I'm mixed with. And, and I mean, I, I don't like to say that I'm keeping in black because that's just not a part of me that I really like to hold on to all the time. But I know for... For me, it was interesting getting to Agafria because it was so different than my <clears throat> than my elementary school and middle school. But you, Jazz, you moved around a lot. So what was it like when you got to Agafria? All right, just a little short little backstory. For me, my parents, my dad's in the military, my mom's she's civilian. Um, so I moved around, like you said, a lot. I I moved my whole life. Mm-hmm. I was on a plane since like five. But um, when I got to Agafria, I just just moved out of Virginia. And pre- the area of Virginia I was in was predominantly black, like predominantly black. It was it was it was a nice experience. <laughs> it was it was cool. But then when I um, moved back to Arizona to live with my mom, 
and I went to Aqua Free or whatever, it was, I felt outnumbered. Because mm. when I got there, I immediately noticed, like, I was one of the very few African-Americans, Blacks, whatever, that was there. Like, I literally could point them, point them out and count them. And I was just like, man, mm. that's crazy. Then I real then I also noticed people there, like I said earlier, wanted to be black. Yeah. And and you know, me being a new kid, I wanted to fit in. So I I pushed aside a lot of stuff. People saying certain things or making certain jokes, you know, I was like, you know, they probably don't know any better. So but then once I that was like when I first got there, but once I got into my senior year, I was like, I don't need to put up with these people. And I started, I started putting people on blast, like, you're not about to say stuff like that, for real. Mm -hmm. And, um, it is just, it was, it was a culture shock because I really did see a whole bunch of new things. I mean, I saw, I saw some of those things before, but it was like, I really saw like, wow, like, y'all really want to be one of us but you can't like i got asked a lot it's like hey jazz i can say the n-word because you know th- this other person gave me the pass to say it so i can say it is that right mm-hmm. and people and a lot of people ask me that all the time i'm just i'll look at them like they lost they dang mind like crazy i'll look at them crazy mm-hmm. and i'm just like you didn't get it from me so you ain't getting it and I'm just, you know, I wouldn't give it, I don't give it out of folks like that, but I was just saying, like, mm-hmm. don't say it around me, basically. Because mm-hmm. you ain't black, you ain't been in a struggle, you ain't never been called an N-word for just walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even say it. Okay. And some people be like, oh, you just sensitive. I'm like, nah, nah, it's, it's one of those things. But it was, it was a real, it was a real difference getting to that school. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's interesting, because for me, I feel like you and I experienced dog free very differently, um, because when I got there, it was so different than my elementary school and middle school. I wasn't the only black person. I mean, granted, there there weren't, like, it, the ethnicity there wasn't mainly black by any means, but it was so nice to not be the only black person in my class. Uh when I got to high school, but I didn't, I didn't think of it as like, it still wasn't nearly as mixed as it could have been, or as it is in like downtown Phoenix, where my mom went to high school. Um, So yeah, so something that you said, Jazz, that I think is really interesting, you said that people would like, say, they'd come up to you and say, well, this person said it, so I can say the n-word, and you said that you don't get like you don't give people free passes, but you did with Caitlin. She showed me the like black card that you gave her to say the N word. So what is your response to 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 black people giving permission to white people to say the N word? Um, <laughs> I I use that as a joke. Okay. Like. You can say it around me to an extent, but I expect you don't be saying it free willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Like, 
for me, it's like you can say it in a song if we in the car, blase, blase, mm-hmm. whatever. But you're not just about to walk up to me like, you know, what's up? You know, blah, blah, blah. And no. That that's that that gets annoying. Yeah. And people always wanted that. And I'm just like, yeah, no. Because so, I got time for that. Yeah. So if. OK. In, in in the poem that I played for you, Jazz, he, Baraka talks about black people or any minority that has been wronged by white people getting reparations. What do you think would kind of, I, I don't want to say make better, you know, African-Americans past with like slavery, segregation, racism in general, but what do you think could be a start to help um, soothe the pain, you know, that black people have regarding how white people treat us? Well, well, first of all, I want my 40 acres and mules <laughs> or some money. Mm-hmm. But, um, to be honest, there's nothing people they can really do. Like, yeah, go ahead, give us our reparations, or whatever. But at the end of the day, the actions y'all do, y'all did in the past, and will do, like to the end of time, because I feel like racism with them or whatever they're gonna do would never go away. Mm-hmm. As much as people wanted to, it's never gonna go away because people. It's been so long, yeah, but. I don't think they can really do nothing to truly apologize for what they have done. Like my stepmom's mom, still alive today, she grew up on a plantation. Mm-hmm. And a story she told me, she's still alive. She's like 77, 78. She, she told me one of the stories, the reason she's so light-skinned because she is real light skinned. The reason she is so light skinned is because um the plantation she lived on, they're like, oh, you so light skinned. We gonna we gonna we wanna keep. They used to say, uh, put her under a tree to keep her real, to keep her light and not get as dark as everybody else. So that's why to this day she is light as a feather. Mm-hmm. And and stuff like that. People don't realize like. Slavery, the wrongs, just hangings, lynching is still a thing. Lynching became a federal crime, I think, just last year. Just last year. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous to me. And it's just like, there's nothing they can really do that can, y'all can, y'all can do this, y'all can say this, but y'all, it's never going to change. Like, even, even a, being a black man in the military, I see it myself, and, and it's sad because you think people in the military have a higher standard. Nope. They true colors going to show when, like, these black black life, black life matter movements started happening, mm-hmm. started happening and whatever. Also, a lot of people's true colors, like, a lot of people's true colors, and I was just like, oh, so that's how you really feel about me or towards my people. Yeah. And I've been, I've been told, they're like, oh, you're so, you're not like the others. I haven't been told that straight to my face. I was like, 
what you mean by the other? You don't act this way, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and whatnot. I'm just like, okay. And it, like I said, nothing can ever be done to be forgiven for what we have gone through. And I don't think it, it just nothing, really nothing. I'm, I'm just being honest. Sad to say, though. No, I mean, I I completely agree. Because, like, I asked my mom basically a, a very similar question. I asked her if she thinks America will ever be racist-free. Um, and she basically said as long as people are, you know, closed-minded and unwilling to be open and listen to one another, racism will always be an issue. And I know, like, I've talked about this before in this class. I can only hope and pray that when I have kids in in 10 years, not anytime soon, but in 10 years, when I have children, when I'm ready, I I hope that the world will be different. I don't I don't expect it to be. I mean, 10 years isn't a long time for that type of change. We've had hundreds of years and we're in the 21st century and racism is still an issue. That's just very sad. So I don't think my in my lifetime, my mom's lifetime, my kids, or even my grandkids, I don't think racism will go away. If it does, that's great. But, I mean, we have to be realistic because racism, like my mom said, is a generational disease being passed on to people. And as long as people do it, there's always going to be someone looking up to that person thinking that that's okay, that treating people, you know, terribly because of the color of their skin is okay. So I don't know. I can just continue to hope and pray to the good Lord that racism magically goes away, but I know it's not going to um, because that's the world we live in. This is our America. Uh and as much as I wish we could fight for, you know, stopping racism, that's not something that is realistic. So. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jazz. I'm going to end the podcast This was the end of episode eight. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have an amazing morning, day, evening, or night. Bye-bye.